Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. Hey, Adam. How are you doing? Good, brother. We've got a uh, great guest today. This is Miss Becca Nail, and Becca is in charge of our, one of our uh, HR directors. And today we're talking about hiring. Yes. Uh, people didn't see that one coming uh, no, today. So, uh, Becca, before we jump into it, uh, tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do, how you got here, and uh, any interesting facts about you. Yeah. Thanks, John. Adam, I'm glad to be here. I have been working on staff at Watermark for about six years, um, coming up in February, if you can believe it. Um, and I actually got to be in this role, in the HR role, um, specifically focusing on recruiting um, and onboarding with new candidates. And I love it. It's a passion of mine. And I've been working in this field for three plus years. Uh, and it's a it's a blessing to just get to meet with people, to figure out, ferret out their talents and their gifts, and then make sure that they're being employed or deployed in the correct way um, and using their gifts for God's glory. It's fun. I love, love it. it. That in of itself, how you got there is a, is a you know great story of just um, sometimes people were made to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you kind of keep talking about it and keep uh, exploring, the, you can get them to the place that they'll be the best use of their gifts. So that in of itself is a great story. So uh, Adam, how do you want to start this? Yeah. So today we're just going to talk a little bit about our process, how we try to hire the best. It seems like, um, especially in the season we're in with a growing organization, there's always some positions open. So Becca is very busy right now, uh, reading resumes and talking with other directors, trying to get their teams filled up. And so we're going to talk about our process and have some other conversations along the way. So let's just start with this, Becca, when it comes to hiring somebody, what just broad overviews, what do we look for here at Watermark? Yeah. Well, when we're looking at a candidate, we kind of take into account two different topics. So the first one we call the five C's and I'll dive into that one. And then we also take a look at the three trusts. So the five C's, Kyle Kegler talked more extensively about that subject, I think, on his podcast. And you can go check that out. And the five C's are calling, culture, competency, character, and chemistry. All right, hold on. People are driving around. Say that a little bit slower. It's going to be good. There's going to be somebody that's going to want to write that down. So let's go through those one more time. Calling. So the idea that uh, they know that God has called them to the area of ministry. That's been affirmed and they are passionate about it and they are seeking a role in vocational ministry. Great. All right. Calling. Mm -hmm. Culture. They would be a good add to the culture that's already set up at the organization yeah. you're at. So for example, we have a, a place called the Mega on the sixth floor, and it is a cubicle of a bunch of administrative assistants working hard, working together, but there's a specific culture there. And so when you're interviewing an administrative candidate, you have to ask yourself, hey, are they going to be a good culture fit for that particular environment there? So, and then there's a there's a question that we, we like to ask. It's called the staff retreat test. We go on a staff retreat every year. I think, John, you talked about this a little bit, but would I want to ride in a car with this person for two hours? It's amazing how much clarity that question brings when you think about road trips. Yeah. Yeah. The question might sound mean, but it truly is. It's really helpful. It's helpful. Yeah. So that's culture. So calling culture. And then competency. Yeah. So just that's a simple, you'll get to find that out throughout the interview process. Are they going to be competent and excellent in the work that they're supposed to do? And then character, have they already exemplified good character qualities? You can see some of that in the interview uh, and you can ask questions to try to figure out how they would handle. That's a good opportunity to figure out character, to ask scenario-based questions. That's good. 
uh, how they would handle something that can test out their character. And then chemistry is similar to the culture piece, but a little different. Uh, You have to ask yourself, hey, would this person work well with another individual? Would the chemistry between whoever your admin is, Adam, does that does that work well with you? Do y'all jive? Or is it a crank to try to work with that yeah. person? Or do y'all have good chemistry and it's easy to move forward and move the ball down the field? I love it. So those five C's guide us, and we'll get into this here in a little bit. We we really structure our interview questions around those five C's. But you also mentioned these three trusts. So the why don't we go through trusts. those? The three trusts are um, how we kind of divide our our interview questions mainly. So the three trusts, Scott Kadersha talked about that more extensively. In Somebody's his listening. She is plugging all these episodes. I love to. it. I love these guys. <laughs> They're great. Yes, CLC. Uh, and Scott talked about that, but the three trusts are professional trust, spiritual trust, and relational trust. And so whenever I interview a candidate, I really do try to set that up and let them know, hey, here at Watermark, we place high stock in trust here. That is the fuel and that is the currency on which we run on. And so we we place a high emphasis on professional, spiritual, and relational trust. And then I dive into that. And so professional trust is, I believe you, Adam, you, John, each day are doing your work to the best of your abilities. They're 110%. You're giving it your all. There's no doubt about it in my mind. I trust y'all. And then there's, yeah, yeah, take it, (laughs) take that compliment. Uh, And then there's also spiritual trust. So I believe you guys are staying connected to the vine. So John 15, they are you are connected to the vine and that is what's helping you navigate through your day to day. And I can trust that of everyone who works here on staff. And I want to trust that in the same of the candidate I'm interviewing. And then there's relational trust. So it's the recognition that I'm a sinner, you guys are sinners. And so we're going to, it's going to get a little touch and go sometimes, but there's a, there's the reminder that we're going to handle conversation if there's a conflict, we want to make sure we first go to that person like it talks about in Matthew 18. Or if I recognize I've hurt someone, I'm going to really try to uphold that relational trust like it talks about if I'm offering my gift at the altar and they remember my brother has something against me. Leave my gift there and go be reconciled to my brother. Yeah. So what episode can they listen to for more on that one? Uh, what, John? Yes. Oh, you dumped me. <laughs> Go listen to John's episode. Oh, my gosh. Oh, right? Wagner. Todd had a gr- has a great episode on Team yeah, Which is anyway. that, that last one there, Becca, it's it's uh, it's something really unique about this place. I think we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, yeah. but it is uh, it is what makes this thing go here. You got people moving fast, doing things that they're really passionate about. There is going to be conflict. This happens in any organization. And I think just top down, guys, I mean, like, resolving conflict is uh, a very, very high value here. And in fact, like, you know, it's not having conflicts, not a fireable offense, but not resolving conflict and being the person who consistently doesn't resolve it. Uh, that is fireable. I don't know if we have fired anybody, but we absolutely uh, would uh, for that. And, um, and so, you know, someone's just driving around just going, Oh yeah, resolve conflict. They wrote that down. Like that is, mm-hmm. that is huge. That relational yeah. trust piece. If you can't trust, if we were a military, this is a military, if you can't trust a person in the foxhole next to you, like you're, you're, dead man. And, um, and we so have the 24 hour rule for that 24 hour rule just bears repeating. Go ahead and say it real quick. And yeah, we'll the 24 it. hour rule, like it upholds Matthew 18. It upholds that relational trust. Like, Hey, if I am caught and talking about it, like if I'm Adam talking to you about something John did that really kind of bugged me, you need to, you need to call me and say, Hey Becky, you have 24 hours to go talk to John. And that 
stops any type of gossip. It really promotes Matthew 18. I have to go to my brother. I have to make sure relational trust is being upheld. I love it. All right. So that's our framework for all of this. Calling culture, competency, character, chemistry, and then also these three trusts, the professional, spiritual, and relational trust. So now let's dig into interview questions. So you get Mm -hmm. a candidate. Uh, they send us a resume. They see a job posting online. Send us a resume. You read it. You want to. You want to get together for an interview. What are some of your favorite interview questions? And what just talk talk through that process. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the ones worth highlighting are to make sure to ask someone their testimony. Ask someone their story of grace. <laughs> Which seems like it should be a no-brainer because totally. this is a church leadership podcast, but what have you noticed? Totally. I have heard that there are some other churches that they just look at the resume, they just look at the competency piece, yeah. and they're not necessarily looking at the heart of someone. And so I think asking them their testimony, you'll get to hear them talk. So the way I frame the question is like, hey, I would love, I share, I start the interview by sharing them my three-minute testimony. Yep. And then I said, hey, I would love to hear your testimony. How did you come to know the Lord? How did you get, how did you find this place? Um, And, you know, I'll remind them, hey, I'll be taking notes. But during that time, they're just getting to talk for three minutes straight. And so a lot of the stuff they're sharing will help give you some insight and discern just where they're at spiritually. Is that your first question? I mean, is that really where you start the interview is with, with those types of questions? Yeah, because I think when I first share my testimony, I make a connection with them. Yeah. I make them feel a little bit more comfortable in the interview process. And then there is also an element of uh, you then get to hear what they have to say. And then it just kind of starts up the interview. It warms up the interview. Yeah. So as the leader's driving around hearing this, I mean, what a simple question when you get back to the office, just poke your head in whoever in your in your. Uh, church is responsible for hiring, just go, do, do we ask this as the first question? If mm-hmm. not, we probably should. Mm-hmm. Because as you've seen, I, I know you've told some stories, you'll get some different answers yes. sometimes. Which is why I think it's important to follow up with what we, the diagnostic questions. Yeah. And it's like, I I underline this, I put exclamation points at the end, ask the diagnostic questions. So after they share their testimony, I thank them for sharing that with me. And I say, hey, I, I ask every person that comes in for an interview this, but, uh, and so I'll do the same with you, but hey, if you were to leave here and you were to die today on a scale of one to 10, how sure are you that you're going to heaven? And if they say anything less than a 10, this interview is turning into more of a, hey, we're going to have a pastoral combo yeah. about how you can be sure or how you can come and ha- have a personal relationship with the Lord. And so I think that's a really good question because you want to make sure that the people are on your team, especially at churches, are are working with you to pursue the ministry of the gospel and make sure Christ's kingdom is at the forefront. Amen. And then, uh, and I like following that question up because I do think some people can just kind of, at least I grew up in the church. And so I can regurgitate just a bunch of stuff I've learned in Sunday school. Do we call it Sunday school here? Uh, we did now. So let's just go with <laughs> Sunday it. Sunday school. Uh, but I like, I can, I can just run on exhaust. And so the question I like to follow up with that after they've shared their testimony, after they answer the diagnostic questions correctly is, hey, what are you currently reading in God's word? Yeah. I cannot lie when it comes to being asked that question. So if I'm not steeped in God's word and if I'm not living out John 15, I am going to not be able to answer that question well. And so I'll falter or I'll scramble a little bit. And I do see some candidates when they're asked that question, they're like, oh, well, and then they turn to a book that they're maybe reading or they can't really point to a place in scripture where they- A podcast they're listening to or a preacher that they like. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you're really, it sounds like you're really starting with those three trusts. You're starting with that spiritual, trying to make sure- 
that that which would also be some of that character and calling piece as well. But that's that's where you start the interviews. Yes, is with that. So where do you go after? Let's just assume everybody. Yeah, you're so getting that, all the right those answers. Those questions there. kind of surround that first that trust that we try to put emphasis on first that spiritual trust. Yeah, and then we kind of go into the professional trust questions. We want to figure out if if. If the role is for a director role and they need to be speaking and they need to be, ex- you know, extroverted, you try to ask some questions. Hey, how do you plan for a message? How do you do this or this? If it's administrative, you try to ask questions on, hey, what are drains? What are gains? Do you get drained by sitting behind a desk for 80% of your day? If they're like, yes, oh, well, you might not be a good administrative candidate. Right. Um, and so go ask some questions from there. And so those are like just the professional type questions that would help hone in on professional trust. But then there's also the relational trust one. And there's a really specific one that Blake Holmes, who is in charge of our institute, he asked this question in all of his interviews and we started implementing it because it was so good. And the question is, hey, is there anything in your life that if it were to come to light would be a surprise to us, an embarrassment to you or a discredit to our ministry? And I am telling you, I asked that question and I get I like, whoa, it is a, it is a question that smacks them between the eyes, but it is so good. And I try to give legs to that question because I don't want that question to incite guilt or shame because that's from the enemy. But if there's any conviction there, if there's anything they haven't told me yet, I want to give them the opportunity to live out first John one and be like, Hey, I want to be fully in the light. Here's, here's some stuff that might be a Problem. John, speak to that a little bit more because I'm sure there's a there's a leader driving around just going, I'm not going to ask that question. I don't even want to know that stuff. That's not my business. Yeah, you think about the potential downside of that, right? Yeah. You know, what happens if two years later something comes to light and uh, how that could <clears throat> specifically you're talking about discredit the ministry. I mean, that there's there's so much at stake with every single hire here, and so that. Uh, you've got to get this right. It's a question that's absolutely worth answering. And sometimes there's some things that, that people are in the middle of right then at that moment that would that would be a, kind of a let's hit the pause on that. Mm-hmm. And then there's some things that have happened in the past that, um, man, it's good to know, you know. I mean, I could think of one situation and um, and someone just said in an interview, hey, just, just so you know, I don't even think we asked a the question. They just said, I want you to know I've got this mm-hmm. uh, in my past. And we're like, great. So if that ever came up, and, you know, if, if someone called, did you know, like, we absolutely know that here's what, here's, here's their track record. Here's what they've, uh, here's, here's the conversations we've had. And yeah, we absolutely know, love, and we trust this person. It just like, takes all the air out of that balloon, uh, right away. We've and, had that call before. Yeah, absolutely. It's for yeah. real. We've had someone call yeah. and be like, do you know who's on your staff? Do you know what they've done? And we're like, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, we do. Why don't you come join us on Sunday and find yeah. out how you can have life yeah, in there's Christ? Been, yeah, yeah, there's been, yeah, we don't have time. There's been some, actually some really yes. beautiful stories, haven't yes. there been? Yeah. yeah, we absolutely, we, we know. We want to know on the front end. We probably know more than you. Yeah. And um, we couldn't, we couldn't have more trust in that person. So anyway, yeah, it is, it is worth, uh, it's a question that is definitely worth um, asking. Becca, anything else on the interview questions before we transition? Yeah, I think I covered the highlights, but we are definitely going to post our a sample of our interview questions that we provide uh, through the interview setting. And so those will be posted in the show notes. In yeah, show yeah, notes. we'll make sure those mm-hmm. are available. Yeah. Great. Okay, so we get through the interview. Uh, we're making a decision now. 
Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about some of the some of the things that we do there? Well, let's do this. Let's talk about this scenario. Let's say there's a candidate we interview and we're not going to extend an offer to. How do you how do you handle that situation? Yeah. Okay. So that's the hard part. That's the sticky part because we are a body of believers. We love Christ, and so yeah. a lot of the people we are interviewing are actually part of this body as yeah. well. Yeah. So we don't ever want to discourage them throughout the process. It's just a little bit tricky, and so this is something I am constantly being challenged to better myself on and be better and more excellent in this area. But when we communicate with applicants, when they email in their response, so we have a larger number of applicants because we're a larger church. And so we have this application online that they fill out. And so everybody will receive an email confirmation. Hey, your application was received. Your email was received. And we will reach out to you Mm -hmm. if we believe you're a fit for this role to let them know, hey, you know, we got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. And you've, you've been heard. And so if, if there is an applicant, we've only been communicating with via email, we will let them know once we've moved forward with a candidate, we've made the hire. Hey, like we'll kind of let them know the interview process has ended. We've moved forward with a different candidate for this yeah. role. But the candidates who come in and meet with me face to face, I want to make sure I call them That's good. and in person and let them know, hey, it was great meeting with you. I like to sandwich. It's great meeting with you. This is what you brought to the table that I really admired. There is we're moving forward with a different candidate. And I just want to let you know, hey, be encouraged, continue on. And I'll be praying for you as you seek other employment opportunities. And so that, those are calls I do not like making. That's my least favorite part of my job, but I think it's super important. Yeah, it's part of the discipleship process, especially if these are members of your church. It's, uh, it is unique. It may be different than out in corporate America, the accounting firms, the architecture firms, they just kind of send an email and say no, Mm -hmm. uh, and you don't get any feedback, but we want to love people well and give them the feedback feedback, especially if there is something as a, as a reason why. Hey, there's a great story. I mean, I won't mention the name, but uh, there's a, we've, we hired somebody on our staff and who's been a, just a linchpin in so much of what we've done. But the first time she interviewed, uh, we told her no, and we told her why. And uh, we said, this is why we, we're not hiring you. And not that it's not a no forever, but um, these are the these are the reasons why not. And um, so I think she reapplied a couple years later. And uh, instead of you know hesitancy, everybody was kind of fighting for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's had an amazing run and added a ton of value. And God, God's really really used her in the life of our church. And so it was a great. We could have just said sorry, not interested. You know, or the position's full. But because she was a part of us, she definitely was a part of our body. Uh, we felt a different kind of responsibility to her. Hey, if you're open to some feedback, you know, here's here's uh, what we'd love to share with you. And it ended up being an amazing story. So I don't. That's very different than somebody from, you know, emailing a resume from Oregon. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. But, it's but, a very wounds of a friend type opportunity. And yeah. from someone who has personally been on the other end of those phone calls, specifically here at Watermark, before I came on stuff, I don't Was think you Was that her story? Did you just tell you that story about her? Me. But you have Different the microphone. Story. Okay. So do tell. Micro- no, I'm just saying I have been on that other end of the phone call and it is not fun to hear. It was definitely like they were ripping off the Band-Aid, but I came back and I asked for feedback and I was loved enough to to be told how I could be better. Yeah. 
It's helpful. And it, it's discipleship, right? And especially, I would think in a younger church or a growing church, if you have a lot of new believers, sometimes they are just so excited about their relationship with Jesus that they're just like, I want to mm-hmm. I want to be at church all the time. And so you'll get a lot of young believers sending in resumes going, yeah, I'm making this job, but I'm, I'm feeling called when really maybe they're not feeling called. It's just they're feeling good. And they just are like, this is what I want to do. And you're like, you just have to give some feedback of, hey, we love the excitement. We love all this. We just don't think the time is right. Keep hanging around. Mm-hmm. Keep hanging around, and then keep when they hang around, yeah. yeah, keep being faithful, and then uh, then it may it may happen. But but that follow up, I think the the key that I want to make sure our listeners hear is that the follow up, especially with people that are in your church, is is you can't treat that like every other company or organization. You have to treat that like a discipleship opportunity and give people the feedback that they need to hear. And I love I love the way that we model that uh, here. What about uh, things with asking around, widening the circle with people. I know we there's just a real simple thing we do with an email to all the staff. So why don't you just share that tip real quick? That's good. So if we're pretty uh, feeling pretty confident about the candidate that we'd like to move forward with, we send an email out to staff saying, hey, this is a confidential email. We're considering this person for staff. Please let us know if you know them or have a relationship with them, have any concerns. Uh, we want positive feedback. We want feedback that, hey, I'm maybe going to raise a flag here because we just want to do that extra set of vetting for this candidate. We want to make sure we're hiring people that are living above reproach, being faithful. And it, it really, it, and then it helps the director have data points for the hire they're about to hire. Absolutely. They're, they're going to know, Hey, they might have some, this might be some hurdles with this candidate, but now that I know I still want to hire them and I will know how to shepherd this person better as they are under my care. Yeah, you never benefit from the information you don't have. And this is a great way to try to get information that you don't have is to ask those around. Anybody else know anything about this candidate that would be helpful? Yeah, Yeah. now now is the time to speak. Yeah. And uh, there's been some great stories of both affirmation. You know, there's been some times we've been like, we're not really sure. And we get back 25 emails, like run, Mm -hmm. don't walk, like get this person on our staff tomorrow. And everyone goes, okay. And they they end up being, you know, a five-star employee. Uh, And then some that they just entered for whatever reason, they interviewed amazing. Mm -hmm. And someone says, I've I've known this person for five, six years and uh, let's have a conversation. And uh, it's just saved us. And so it's a small, it's a small, uh, that email takes seconds uh, to write and it saved us uh, big time. Yeah, I'm sure it's just a copy and paste and you change the name, right? But it, it, which, so it, it literally takes 30 seconds to send, send it. but it's it can not hard. Say. And there's really wisdom in the council of many. Yeah. And so we, you just want to make sure you're being wise and gathering that information. Yeah. And so that's, you know, um, I don't want to take us down a, a tangent too much, but there is, there is a sense that we, we're a team, we're a family and, uh, everybody's higher is everybody's higher, yeah. you know, or anybody's higher is everybody's higher maybe. And, um, so if there's a children's, you know, admin, um, that I may never see, but I know we're interviewing. Like I, there's a sense this is my family, and I get a, I get a say in it, uh, which really, I mean, it helps you long term. Yeah, so totally. might, might slow some things down, um, but when you get buy in and it, everyone feels like it's their job, uh, you're going to get some great candidates. You're going to get a great process. You're going to get really great engagement. And so I would commend uh, that to you know to leaders to not make that 
you know, the senior pastor's sole discretion only. Um, but when people feel like they've got a, a say, uh, they'll have buy-in. They'll push forward great candidates. Uh, you know, when we have, uh, I know when we have openings, um, everybody is aware of that. And uh, which, which I assume you get some great emails, some great people you never would have thought of because everybody feels like it's their job. And they'll go, this person right here, I have no idea who that person is. Let's talk. I was emailed yesterday with a person who's like, hey, have you met with this person? You should meet with this person. I'm like, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Because it's everybody's job. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So uh, Becca, you've had conversations with lots of churches over the years about this topic. What are some mistakes you see either we'll make here? Uh, obviously, we still make some mistakes here when it comes to hiring or uh, trying to get not really trust the process. So mistakes that you see some of us make here or or mistakes you've heard out there that other churches make. Yeah. I would say the first one on my list is rushing. Yeah. And so just this, the the fear that, oh my gosh, we're having some turnover. This person who's been great and has been, like you said, John, a five-star employee, they're leaving. Oh my gosh, we need to get someone to fill that seat. And so you rest the process specifically. Well, let's say we're talking about an admin role. Oh my gosh, this person has been a great admin. They're leaving and I need to make sure someone's behind that desk manning, manning the phones yeah. or you know whatever their tasks are. And they try to find someone and they might find someone who is not as administratively gifted as you would need for that role. And I would just say that that's not, we got to trust the Lord. We got to trust his timing. His ways are not our ways. And Proverbs 21, five, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. That's good. So you just want to think about, hey, if I rush this, this could be so unloving to the candidate who's going to be sitting behind that desk if it's not, they're not operating within their giftings. Yeah. And it's going to be so unfruitful and help, unhelpful to the ministry that you're trying to to provide and to work diligently at. So would it be fair to say that what you could see is that they will, uh, if you're rushing, you're going to take one of these five C's and go, ah, that one, if we don't have chemistry, that's okay. So they'll start laxing mm-hmm. there. Is that, is that another way to say what you're yeah, seeing? That's another way to say it. I would say you, when you're looking at a candidate, you do, you, they might be deficient in some of those areas because nobody's perfect. Nobody's the perfect candidate, but I think you, you need to ask yourself, Hey, is that a coach? Are they going to be coachable, coachable in this good. area? But specifically when I'm talking about rushing, I'm saying they're looking at a candidate and they're going, ah, I'm scared. I'm scared about having lull between okay. and I want to find someone. To yeah. Fill it. It's like, pick, you know, choosing a spouse, don't lower your standard, just <laughs> lengthen your patience. Yeah. And so anytime I've got a, I've had an open spot, I go, it's, it's going to hurt either way. Like it's, it's painful. It's painful to wait or it's painful to hire the wrong person. And I will much rather uh, experience the short-term pain of waiting. Um, and um, then the, God, unwinding of a really, really bad hire. And um, so it's going to just, just realize it's going to hurt. Um, so let, choose the uh, choose the lesser of the pains um, over time. And uh, I think you'd be glad. It probably takes more time to remove someone Absolutely. from staff than it Absolutely. does to wait a couple more months for the right person There's to come no on question. staff. Yeah, There's just no all question. the coaching and the, now you're going into a season of 90 days and mm-hmm. now we're having more conversations and yeah. frustration. So, okay, so that that's, I think we're all nodding our heads. We yeah. get that rushing would be one mistake. Any others? I would say not taking the time to get to know the candidate's strengths okay. specifically and also their spiritual gifts. So we kind of highlighted that a little bit earlier in the, some of the interview questions, but you really want to know what their strengths are. What are their drains, what drains them throughout their day, what tasks drain them and what tasks give them life. Because if you have a good pulse on that, you're going to be able to go, okay, I, that's, they, they want to do what the tasks I would need for them to do. And then their spiritual gifts, like are, if they love teaching, but they're going to be behind a desk all day is, is, 
is that are their spiritual gifts being deployed properly? Yeah. So I think that is one of them just to be touched on real quick. Um, and if you don't know those, it's going to, it's not going to serve you well um, in your hiring process. And so then I would say adding the same personality type to your group is yeah. another huge mistake. So if you have a team that's just full of introverts and then you meet with another introvert, and you're, they're going to they're going to love each other. Yes. And they're going to want to be on the same team. Yeah. Like attracts like. That's right. <laughs> but you want to make sure you have a healthy personality mixture because that's going to be the iron that sharpens the iron there, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. going to that's going to be what helps, you know, I've said it a couple of times that pushes the ball down the field and in a way that you can figure out, hey, am I making a mistake here with the personality, adding more of the same personality type, you can bring that person in for like a second or a third interview. And that kind of that second, third interview kind of could be a meeting with the team. Like one of our meetings, we played jungle pong with a candidate to just see like, hey, would they be able to fit in with this specific team dynamic here? Um, and are we making like a mistake here? Like the car trip question, yeah. Jungle Pong brings oh, amazing you? clarity because if they're not willing to dive, then you don't want them on your team, Will instructions right? on Jungle Pong be added to the show notes? <laughs> no, I think they can Google that one. Yeah. We'll, we'll let them do some work on that. But That's good. Yeah. Any other mistakes? Uh, I mean, those are like That's the good. pretty big ones right there, I'd say. Hey, let, let me let me just um, kind of pull us off sides just for a second. I want to talk about internal and external uh, candidates. Uh, how, how do you How do you think about that? So like, are you talking internal with staff? Yep. So we're, we've got a position and you've got someone, um, well, actually, you know what I'm thinking of uh, is internal to the church okay. or external from, from the outside. Yeah. So okay. how, how do you, how do you think about that? Okay. So with internal, uh, we, we love hiring the people who already have boots on the ground. So when you, John, see someone in your ministry that is just getting after it, they are the ones that we want to go after. And so that, so remember one of the five C's is calling, right? Yeah. And so we want people who know that they're called. Well, sometimes they might, you might be the one that's letting them know, hey, you're called to yeah. this. And so you never want to say someone's no forum. You want to see, hey, these are the people getting after it, serving faithfully here. Why not get them on board with us? Let's yeah. get them on our team and don't say someone's no forum. Go and ask them. Be bold and ask them to come and join our team. That's good. Yeah, I think you know one of our adages is you want to hire someone who's already doing the job. Mm -hmm. And so we just made a hire on the community team. And candidly, the person was already doing the mm -hmm. job. We just said, hey, we you know he said like a five year job interview. And exactly. I mean, because we've just watched him for for however many years he's been here. And it's been you fantastic. Just start getting your email at watermark.org yeah. and come to our staff meetings. Yeah, uh, and keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so which and so the, just it's really important to know that that the hit rate, you know, the long term success, um, your, your percentages go way, way up when you hire somebody that you know versus the outside. And then that's a trend I'm noticing with churches is that some of the vibrant churches that, I, that I'm aware of, their staff culture is really, really solid. It's consistent. Uh, they're hiring a lot from within. And, you know, the, the old model was to hire you know, right out of seminary, get a resume and, you know, parts are people, people are parts and you put in the next children's pastor um, kind of thing. And uh, the healthier churches that I'm, that I'm seeing are hiring from within. Now we, we do make hires uh, from outside. Yes. And, and it's and, needed. Uh, yes. And there's, I mean, uh, but if, if all things are equal, uh, they're not equal. You, mm -hmm. you, you take the person who uh, is internal and that, you know, really, really well. And um, I, I think as I look back, um, that is, 
that has been one of the key successes of a really, really solid staff and a pre- preservation of, uh, of the culture. So, um, good. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, so great. And so Becca, why don't we, before we wind this down, uh, fun topics that you and I have talked about before, which I think will be really helpful to the listeners is what are some trends you're seeing out there? So now we're just kind of going back up big picture, thinking about hiring now, and we're recording this at towards the end of 2018. What is hiring like, uh, in this day and age, what are some trends you see out there in employee engagement and employee relationships and that kind of thing? What, what are you seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing as we continue to hire, we're we're starting to hire into a lot more of the, I hate saying the word, we're hiring a lot more into the millennial generation yeah. now. And so with that, there comes a, a lot of young adults who love the Lord and are passionate about the Lord and want to do the Lord's work, but they also kind of have this idea like, hey, I want to go do some other things as well that aren't on my job description. So they go look for that work outside of their their nine Monday through Friday, 830 to 530 job. And they go and find like a side hustle. Yeah. And so that can, that's something to just be aware of, a trend to be aware of. It, it, it doesn't have to be a bad thing because it actually can produce creativity. It can give them rest. It might be a hobby for them and they just happen to get paid for it on yeah. the side. But then is it potentially robbing you and your ministry of the work that needs to be done. Yeah. So John, speak to this a little bit because side hustles are out there. And especially and especially if somebody is maybe taking a big pay cut to come on staff, you can understand in theory why they would look to make some extra income, but there's some upsides and some downsides. Yeah. You just, I think you want to have, it's really good, Becky, you want to have all those conversations on the front end Yeah. and tell me what you're involved with. What are you doing? Uh, what does this cost us? Tell me, like drill down, like how, how many hours? When When is that? What is that? You know, who are you interfacing with? Um, so I don't want... Um, I, I don't want, I've been real adamant, you know, if someone, um, you know, makes some leather goods or, <laughs> or whatever, I don't want them. You're selling. looking at me. You're looking at you. <laughs> uh, you I know, make wallets. I don't want them selling to people in our body. I don't want them to think about our body. Okay, listen, here's some places uh, you could, you know, set up an Etsy shop, but I don't, I don't want to hear, Hey, I, you know, this person passed out a business card out of bounds, you know, and, uh, and I do, we're hiring someone to, to lead, not just give us a quick, you know, 40 hours uh, a week. And, and that, that takes mental space, uh, beyond, you know, the five o'clock, uh, bell that, uh, we don't mm-hmm. have one of those here, but, um, you know, <laughs> you want, I, want, Where is that bell? I, want, <laughs> I want someone when they wake up and they're praying and they're, they're, they're on a run and on the weekend, they're, they're dreaming about, um, the ministry and I want to make sure they've got enough mental space. And so I think we're on the front end of this trend candidly, but I, I could conceive of, um, this is a part of the, our interview process and we, we get real, real granular. What what does this uh, look like? And then if there's any deviation from that, we want to know. And I can also see us saying, hey, this is not a good good season or a good time uh, for this. Like, we don't think you can give your best here and, you know, uh, crank out lots of leather goods or whatever, whatever your, whatever your <laughs> thing is. Uh, but there is, to, you, you know, to your point, there could be some synergies uh, there that are worth exploring. But uh, that, that is a trend. Yeah. That is just good communication. Real. You yeah. got to be able to talk I about it. I think if the, if you start seeing a decline in the quality of their work, I think the conversation needs to be had immediately. Uh, but also like Adam, you shared a little bit about like, Hey, what are we, what are we purchasing in a yeah. candidate? You know, or yeah, it is. It kind of brings up that question: Are we buying? Buying is the wrong way to say this. Are we? Are we paying them for their best? Or are we paying them for a specific number of hours a week? 
And those are, I mean, those are good. And, and I know the answer is both. I want both. I want their best during those hours that we've agreed upon. But uh, just knowing people may think about this differently. And so I love the question that I think we're getting to is just asking somebody else, help me understand how you're thinking about your side hustle. Why are you doing it? Where? So those are some great, some great ways to frame up that conversation. So we're definitely seeing a lot of that out there. Uh, we're seeing that growing more and more here on our staff. And I'm it's sure others. Like you, like what's wrong with you uh, if you don't have one? Yeah. Right. That kind of coming out of college, like yeah. what's your side hustle? Like, yeah. yeah. When I did college ministry, there's one school here in town. It, it, it was uh, so much peer pressure to get a double major because everybody had a double major and you were lazy if you only had one major. And, uh, and so sometimes like, what, you only have one job. <laughs> Do you not love the Lord? Yeah. Right. And so we, we can we can turn it around like that. Okay, so side hustles, any other yeah. trends you're seeing? I would say there's like the free agent, the rise of the free agent. So we're seeing kind of a, the death of the company man, so yeah. to speak, as we kind of get into the younger adults and we are seeing more of the free agent. So, you know, the company man was, hey, I'm loyal to this company, to this mission, to the time that I punch for this specific organization. Yep. And now we are seeing, hey, the employee's starting to call the shots a little bit more. We're They're using the organization to fulfill their needs. Um, and then the employee's need, the free agent's need is constantly changing. And so it's just kind of, it can be a what's in it for me attitude. And I think that is something that if you start seeing that steep into your culture, you need to start doing something. So I can imagine listeners right now, there's some driving around nodding their heads and they're probably uh, 30 and under. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, John, the Gen Xers, you and me, we're like, yeah, whatever. We're just kind of shrugging our shoulders. And then our baby boomer friends are listening to this and they're pounding their dashboard going, that's ridiculous. Those are sinners. I don't want those people on my staff. And so what we've got to recognize is uh, that's not a right or wrong. Mm-mm. It's just changing. You and need it's, to address it. It, yeah. it, it. You need to address it because you do want that free agent mentality. That is passion. Yeah. They want this organization is fulfilling some things in me. I love working on me at Watermark. I love being a part of this staff. Uh, and what is next for me? What else, what more can I do? But if I'm not being shepherded well, I can take that to a very selfish place and go, what, like, what, why can't they give me more? Yeah. They need to, it's about me instead of, hey, you know, pushing the ministry of the gospel forward. Yeah, That's you great. want to weed that out on the front end, but you do want to create a place. Um, you know, the, the company man work work hard for 60 years and get a... Um, get a mediocre watch. Um, those days, those days are over, but, um, you do want to create a place where there's longevity and, uh, there's people that have been around a long time here. And I think it's part of the, you know, the secret sauce. We, uh, really fun. I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but at the five year mark, um, at our staff retreat, everybody gets a brand. And so there's a saying we're from Texas. And so there's a saying, uh, that you're riding with the brand. And, uh, so you literally get a, you know, a little, Fire brand with a W on it, and uh, it's on not the, on your body. Not this on is your body. they just give you a physical well, just, object. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're going to commit to twenty and you know it, yeah, then, you, then we, no, we do not. <laughs> but uh, but what does happen is everybody just writes on the holder for this brand, and then people put it in the office. And we we've got a, we've given away a lot of brands and a lot of people that have been around uh, a long time. So it's back to the culture. It's kind of all that. But um, you want to do everything you can to keep um, great people who have relation ministry is, is built so much on relationships and, uh, someone who's incredibly gifted, you know, 
uh, with graphics can help you move the needle, but there's just something about someone who's been around a long time, who's been invested, who's been pastoring and shepherding, dreaming, walking with people um, that you kind of can't quantify uh, in terms of, you know, this is the ROI I get. And so you need to make sure that you're addressing that. Yeah. And it's going to be increasingly difficult given the way people think about uh, work going forward. Yeah. And I think uh, another, as I was learning a little bit more about this free agent phenomenon is, was in in the 20s, in someone's 20s, they're just wanting to learn mm-hmm. and they're wanting to soak it all in. In their 30s, they're wanting to advance. They kind of get that itch like, mm-hmm. what's next? What's around the corner? What else? What more can I do? And in the 40s, they want to rule. Like, I want to make sure I am in charge of everything. So that's important to just kind of know that trend. Uh, but a way to help, like we were talking about, manage a free agent, that kind of that mentality is to form a good relationship with your employee. Yeah. So have a good, like we've talked about, have that conversation on the front end. Discipleship is key to making sure that it doesn't turn into that self-focused mentality. Becca, just before we um, wrap up, specifically, like who do you kind of feel like you're responsible for hiring for? What do you, you know, some of the senior leaders, who do they feel like they're responsible for? Talk to me about that process. Yeah. So when most of what I interview for are for uh, administrative positions and coordinator positions, the director positions, those are the people we're talking about. They are already doing the work and we're going to have them come on board and y'all have already done the vetting process because you've had eyes on them already. Right. But the administrative candidates are what I view. And so the way it works is one, when, when a director is looking to hire, I, as the HR coordinator, I want to go and ask you guys, hey, what are y'all looking for in this candidate? What were some needs that weren't being hit with this last person that was filling this role? What can be filled with with this next candidate, what would be ideal? And so I vision cast and I try to consult with the teams. And then I try to go find a candidate that matches what they're looking for. And then after I find a good amount of candidates, I try to put them in front of the director uh, and and give them some options for them to see. That would be my goal each and every time for them to go, okay, yes, this is a great sampling and we would like to move forward with this candidate. Yep, that's good. Yeah. So the higher, the, the more visible kind of the more leadership someone has around here, the, the more uh, senior leaders are, and all leaders are involved with it. Um, and then when we need someone to do a specific task, a lot of times you, you've kind of got a little backlog and you're just like, I think this is your person mm-hmm. right here. You can interview a ton of people if you want, but you're, you're probably ready to go with this one, which is an amazing, uh, an amazing help. So, and, um, so before we, before we wrap up, uh, HR, we've been using the word HR, which I think is really funny because we don't use that word here. It can be a dirty word sometimes. I didn't know that it was a negative, had a negative connotation until a couple of years ago because I love being on HR here on staff. But then they reminded me of Toby from the office and how everybody hated him. Yeah. Well, I'm every- not hated. I don't feel hated by you. No, no, no. No, but what is, what is, uh, you know, Todd, if Todd, Todd were here. calls us staff care. Staff care. I like it. So Good. we're not, yeah, that, that the technocrats who are just kind of trying to uh, find disc profiles that fit um, the right hands yeah. up beaters. Yeah. Right. You're just like, this is where we're, we're a staff, we're a team and, and you're the preserver uh, of that. So, okay. So we walked through this whole process. Uh, Becca, the last step is to interview or to announce uh, our, our new hire, which is always so fun. So talk about what you do yeah. uh, there. We want to make them feel welcome. We want to make them feel like they're part of our family. And so one of the ways we do that is when they come and have their boring onboarding meeting with me. I don't think it's boring. 
But when they have that meeting with me, I try to get some fun facts on them yeah. or some dirt maybe on them that we can kind of laugh about with them. And that it really gives me the opportunity to try to go before this new hire and try to endear this new hire to the rest of the staff. And so when I send out that email, I try to find some fun questions. Hey, you know, what, uh, do you have any hidden talents? Where did you go to college? What, what's your fate? Like, what's your favorite place to eat at? Like, where do you like to eat? And, um, and then just, what do you do if you have a free day to yourself or what's your most embarrassing moment? You try to find that stuff. And then I try to put it together in a blurb. I snap a photo of them and I send that email out to the rest of the staff. And so that when they show up to our first staff meeting, people aren't going, who's that new person sitting in the circle? What's going on with them? But that email has already gone before them and given the other staff members talking points to just kind of yeah, dive in. I always want to meet those people. If I don't know them, every time you write one of those, Becca, I, I want to, can't wait to meet that person. I've thought about quitting and then, and then joining staff again, just so I could have my little moment. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a throwback there, Thursday there, for there, you, that, yeah, That'd be a good idea. We yeah. should do that. Uh, good. That's awesome. All right, John. I think we're including those in the show notes. One yes. of those sample emails in the show notes as well. We'll put that in there. Great Definitely. All right, Becca, this has been awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. John, you want to wrap up with some final thoughts? You know, I just, um, I think, this is probably your line, actually, Adam, but uh, hiring is the best way to preserve culture. And so you're not filling slots. You're not getting jobs done. Um, you're not building out the org chart. You are preserving your culture, uh, which means this is a really big task. It's not something to blow through there. Um, and I think Becca's admonition to not uh, lower your standard there. You want, you never want to push through anything like this Holy Spirit kind of spidey sense. Um, I don't think this is a good idea. Don't ever push through that. You wait until uh, you feel, um, you know, others uh, have affirmed this kind of the, um, the, the sense and leading of the Holy Spirit and then you move forward. Don't violate that. You will, I've always regretted it. Um, others I know have always regretted it and, um, and understand the stakes uh, here that you, you really are preserving the culture. If you've been listening to us on iTunes and wouldn't mind leaving us a comment or a review, we would definitely appreciate that. If you have any comments or questions on today's episode or topics you would like for us to consider for future episodes, please feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.org. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you again next time. Next time.